Swamiji, in the last program you were talking about how to get rid of the ego, and I wanted to ask about developing humility. Does that start by saying, I'm no good? Humility means self-forgetfulness. It doesn't mean self-abasement. The waves can go down as well as up. A trough is the same thing as a peak. You've got to get rid of that and become even-minded. It's not ever good to say, I'm no good. The, uh, I remember one time I was playing uh, volleyball with a group of people, and I kept saying, it's my fault, it's my fault. So finally somebody said, your humility is inspiring, but when will you reform? <laughs> and I think we mustn't say, I'm no good. We mustn't ever say, I'm a sinner. We must say that I'm a child of God. And why should I not do as well as I possibly can? We should expect the best, but then give the credit to God. So humility is not self-abasement. Humility is self-forgetfulness in the contemplation of the higher self. So Swamiji, um, what if one is a sinner? Is it not appropriate? No, you sin, but you're not a sinner. Yeah, you, you may have uh, killed somebody, as the ultimate sin, you might say. Still, it was just the tendency to destroy working through you, but it's not you and yourself who did that. You may hate people, but it's not you and yourself that are hating. It's this delusion of ego, thinking that it's been offended and wanting, therefore, to get even, or whatever it may be. But your true self is forever clean. You are a child of God, and if you have gold covered by dirt, it's still gold. It has the same value. You, what you need to do is remove the sin which covers that, but don't identify yourself with the sin. Swamiji, what about suicide? Is that an even greater sin than... Suicide's even worse than murder. Yes, it is. Murder is killing somebody else, destroying somebody else's right to live. Suicide is destroying life itself. And people who commit suicide, they don't get off easily. It takes a long time to come back. And when they finally get to come back, they may be stillborn. And when they finally get to stay alive, they may die while they're very young. And then they finally get to live a long time, they may suffer from insomnia, but they will be given many causes to be grateful for having a body because the body is not a curse. It's a blessing as long as you need it until you graduate to a higher level. There was one woman, I read a story of her life. She had tried to commit suicide. She was saved, but she had a near-death experience. And uh, she suddenly found herself in hell and she saw people there dressed in ancient Grecian costumes, costumes of 17th century France. Um, these people just, and time passed and they didn't know that it passed. And every now and then a light would shine down. A few people would respond to the light, but most of them just, and she, the light shone as she, recognized, decided I want that, and she came back, and she came back to life. 
She said that the vibration, this is the interesting point, an interesting point in this story, the vibration of that region was very similar to the vibration of rock and roll music. And she has devoted her life to persuading people not to enjoy that kind of music, don't listen to it. The kind of music you listen to has a very distinct impression on your whole consciousness. And if you listen to sensual music, it'll make you sensual. If you listen to emotional music, it'll make you emotional. If you listen to uplifting music, it'll raise you. Rock and roll, the heavy beat of rock music is very lower chakra, lower centers in the spine. It brings your energy downward. The whole, why do we speak of heaven as above and hell down below? There's no physical counterpart to it. We've never, telescopes, we've never seen angels flitting about on clouds and um, digging in the earth has never brought an oil gusher with raging imps with them. It's, it's a, an inner thing. Your heaven is up for you even if you're in Australia and the, on the other side of the world. And your up will remain up for your own body. That's where heaven is. Heaven is when the energy rises to the upper part of the body. Hell is that the consciousness which comes when the energy goes down. So we must, anything that draws the energy to the lower centers will cause you suffering, will cause you uh, great anguish, and will make you very dark in your consciousness, such that some people think they're having a good time when there's really a, in other words, there's a certain amount of pleasure and revenge, in hatred, in getting even, in the gross pleasures and so on, but it's not joy, it's pleasure. And the darker, the lower the center of your consciousness, the lower the pleasure. So people who listen to rock and roll music, their energy is in the lower part of the body and it's full of anger and all the debasing qualities of man. I think the most unfortunate thing in our present day and age is this music. It's going to create huge problems for the human race. We're going to have great suffering, warfare and so on. Swamiji, how to recognize uplifting music? What would an example? Anything that makes you feel rising in your energy. When you listen to some music, you just, you, you feel an upliftment of energy. Um, you listen to Handel's Messiah, and you feel that written. I've written music purely with the purpose of raising people's consciousness, and I think that it does. Where he dwells, the earth in gladness, sputs forth sweet herbs, shading trees. Um, how does it go from there? Gay streams bound through summer meadows, Fragrance blows on every breeze. They with happiness are blessed, who the Lord have made their guest, who the Lord have made their guest. And with that kind of music too, that automatically raises. So when you think good thoughts, nice music comes to you. When you think 
bad or slower kinds of music come to you. And uh, that, I think, is part of the beauty of classical music. But there's classical music and classical music. I find that modern art, whether in music, in painting, in anything, it tends to be debasing. They sort of lost their values. I think the problem is that we've come into a new age of energy. Everything, everywhere you go nowadays, you hear energy. And uh, back 200 years ago, nobody talked of energy. It was all solid matter. That was their reality. We're, we've gone out of an age of matter consciousness into an age of energy consciousness. It's still a materialistic age in the sense of being bound to this world, but it's a subtler matter. And this, the conflict between these two, I think, is what's going to cause and is causing the unsettlement of our present consciousness. There's so much violence in the music and in the art yes. in these days. And if not violence, nonsensical, absolute nonsense. And Picasso, for example, his paintings with split personalities, I think art should uplift, um, music should uplift, sculpture should uplift. I was in um, Hawaii and I saw a bunch of pipes on a, around a restaurant. And I said, what are they got those pipes here? What do you mean? That's art. <laughs> well, any, art, any sculptor can call it art if he wants to, but it doesn't, it's not art to me. When I see a bunch of gears and everything in a park and people tell me that's art, to me it's just junk. And even Rodin's thinker, you see him. Well, when I think deeply, I'm not in that position. Uh, I think he has a bellyache. <laughs> people should understand that art has a message. And it's maybe hidden, you're not telling your message, but it's there to be gotten. And that which upliftes you, that upliftment is the message. If it debases you, that is its message. And it may not say a word about what it's teaching, but that is what the message is conveying. This reminds me of something that Yogananda said, environment is stronger than willpower. Yeah. We should uh, have our influences be very Always. important. Always. Keep the influences positive. So, and as far as music, you listen to books Music more than anything else. And uh, even our architecture. It would be, you know, because we've come into a practical, materialistic time, even our architecture is just functional. Mm -hmm. I think in India I've seen beautiful shapes. That's much more inspiring. I think even art, which seem, architecture, which seems like a, it's purely a functional thing, why not make it inspiring? Why not make it uplifting? Ayn Rand talked about the great god ego, how wrong she was. Swamiji, um, you use the word energy, and I'm just curious to know if you can explain that a little more so that people can understand how it applies to their own life. Well, we use energy to eat. It takes energy to get up out of bed in the morning. It takes energy to breathe. It takes energy to digest your food. Everything that you do depends on your energy. Your energy also creates a magnetic field, which is your magnetism. 
If you work listlessly, you will have no results. If you work with energy, you'll attract success. If you put energy into meeting people, how nice it is to meet you. It's altogether different saying, oh, hi, you know, <laughs> you again. People will respond to good energy. When you put out energy, you will receive in return the type of energy coming back to you that you have put out. So if you put out kindness, kindness will come, out, come back to you. If you put out supportiveness of other people, people support you. And every, across the board, but in the beginning even, the first thought that you have, well, whatever energy you put out, that is what will come back to you. If you are, um, have success oriented, you will succeed. Even if you fail a million times, you'll still succeed in the end. You must.